we do have an international audience, people from, from Japan all the way to Brazil, um, Nigeria that, that, that tune in. So I always like to ask the guests, where were you born and raised, just in case most people don't, don't realize? I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And at the age of eight, my mom and my aunt, my mom sings. I come from a musical family. My aunt sings. My dad's a guitarist. You know, so my mom and my aunt um, got on the, the Greyhound bus, which is, um, do you guys have Greyhound buses uh, there? Yeah, and I went to college in the U.S., but yeah, but yeah, and I, and I, and I, yeah, but we do have something called National Express in the U.K., but yeah. Um, <laughs> bus from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to, wow. yeah, it took about three days to wow, do it. Yeah. And because um, my mom and my aunt wanted to, you know, pursue their singing careers. Wow. So we got to California. Um, I grew up in California. Once we got here, I said, I want to sing too. <laughs> at a young age, my mom found me a commercial agent and I started booking commercials. I went on my first audition, booked it. I, I got a, a, I did a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial with Ella Fitzgerald when I was eight years old. Ella Fitzgerald, wow. Yeah, so it's like as soon as we got to California, things just started happening really quickly um, for me and I signed my, my record deal when I was 11 and Okay, okay, okay. No, but, but before we get there, I mean, I know you mentioned your mom and your aunt were singers, um, but when you were growing up, who were you li sing listening to and, and, and getting your sort of singing inspiration? Yeah, I was definitely influenced by my mom and my aunt, but I'm um, outside of them, Michael Jackson. Oh, I was man. a Michael Jackson fan. Um, as, to, as a matter of fact, when I got off the bus, when I moved to California, I, you know, you think of Hollywood, you think all the stars <laughs> walking down the street. So I'm looking around to see if I can find Michael. <laughs> I, was I was like, so, um, so Michael Jackson, Shaka Khan, my first song that I sang, I was seven months and my mom has it on cassette. Seven months. I was singing Tell Me Something Good by Shaka Khan when I was seven months. <sighs> and I couldn't talk, but I could sing the right melody. I had the wow. melody. Um, so Shaka inspired me. Um, I love the emotions, you know, the best of my love. Yeah, yeah. There is, as Wanda from the emotions, she's the one that picked us up from the Greyhound station when wow. we moved to yeah. My mom and Wanda, they've known each other since they were teenagers. Wow. So um, yeah, she picked us up from the Greyhound station. And let me see, Wanda, um, the Clark sisters. Wow, the famous um, Clark sisters, yeah. So I grew up listening to the Clark sisters, um, Whitney Houston, wow. Ugh, my favorites. Yeah, as well. So at, at that young age, um, so how, what was your mom? Um, what was she singing? Was it um, pop, R&B, gospel, uh, and your, your aunts? They were singing, they sing, they still sing, they, they, they sing R&B. Okay. So it's like the old school R&B, you know, with the harmonies and, old school harmonies and yeah were they going to be a, a duo with the two of them together singing when they were their whole dream of moving to LA was it for them to sing as a as a two as a twosome or what was yeah. the there's they, they still sing together um and then my 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 stepdad he sings with them so it's the three of them together and they still to this day do shows like you know in, in different places and stuff but since COVID it kind of okay. shut everything for everybody <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, um, last week I interviewed Lily from uh, Lily from SWV. And I, I love her. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and I said to Lily, so who inspired her when she grew up? And she said, Shanice Wilson. She says that when I saw oh. Shanice on Star Search, that she didn't have a deal and she was singing. She says, wow, that if Shanice could do this, then I'm, I, I you know, I, there's, there's, then I can do that. That's Shanice and, and uh, really inspired. And I'm just like, and I do remember because I, I went to high school in Nigeria, but um, we got Star Search um, and, you know, seeing you at this young age, you know, fearless. I mean, now we see a lot of kids doing it, but back in those days, it was something unreal for us to see. Did, how was it like for you, your parents, mum putting you up in front of, you know, these auditions and, and, and these shows? Well, the good thing is that I was never forced to do it. Like, I loved it. I wanted to do it. Um, I was so excited. When I was eight years old, I literally used to sit in my closet with a cassette player and I used to, to pretend like I was in a recording studio writing songs and, wow. you know, had the opportunity to do it on a professional level, I was excited. My mom even told me, like, before I signed my first deal, um, I signed with a Records when I was 11. She said, are you sure what you want to do? And I'm like, yes, this is really what I want to do. Wow. So um, I didn't have, like, a stage um, like that was, like, you know, forcing me to do stuff I didn't want to do. Yeah. I, I love singing. I just love being on stage. At a young age, I knew at a young age I wanted to be a singer. I mean, I told you about Lily. Did you know the, the impact you had on, on, on other young artists? We have a, we have a, there's a show. I don't know if you guys have it there, but it's called Unsung. It's on TV One. And they covered SWV's story. And she mentioned it on okay. the story. I literally like had tears. <laughs> <laughs> like she, that, every time I hear that story, it, it really like, it, it touches my heart because I'm the biggest SWV fan. Like, I love all three of them. They're amazing. Yeah. I music, too. Yeah, but, but, it, it, but as I mentioned, you know, um, you know there, there are artists who, you know, are very big in America. Um, but as I mentioned, now, I, as I, I'm born and raised in the UK, but I went to high school in Nigeria. And, I, and you know, we didn't have the internet, but, but, but back in the, uh, in the 80s, 90s. So if an artist can make it big in Nigeria for me that means that you know they've they've succeeded the U.S. and they've gone international and um, very few American artists I mean Chuck Khan, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson stuff but I remember you from high school seeing you performing and into us you know and you always sang like you you were happy all the time which which this is always enough we always remember that this is just this happy girl that's singing and bringing joy into the life and stuff um did you notice that was part of your persona as a singer back then? You know, I didn't notice that. I mean, that, I was just being myself, you know? And so I had no idea that, that I had that effect. Like, I was just happy. You know, I was just <laughs> always happy to, to, like I said, like I wanted to sing. I was, I was excited. I, I get to like do what I love. And I used to, I came up with the title of I Love Your Smile when we were writing that song. Um, and I wrote, I love, I wrote down, Nard and Michael Walden said, give me a name title for a song. And I wrote, I Love Your Smile. Wow. And I came up with the title because kids used to tease me at school all the time because they said, you're always smiling. Why are you always happy? 
So that's why I thought, I said, I need to write a song about a smile because I'm always smiling. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, we, we spoke to a lot of people about the industry and I, and I wanted to know from your point of view, how important was it having your mom and your aunt there in the very beginning when you got signed at 11 to A&M Records? I mean, mm-hmm. because... You know, it, it, it's, it, we know the, the sad sides about the industry, but being that young, well, how important was it to have, have them there? Well, I was a kid. I mean, I was a baby pretty much. <laughs> I, I remember being up at the label with my cat, holding my Cabbage Patch doll in my oh, head. Like, yeah, Cabbage Patch. You know, so I'm glad. I'm so thankful that I had my family there to protect me um, and to support me. Um, because like you said, like there's, I've heard, I've heard the horror stories too, of kids starting at a young age and being around the wrong people and trying drugs and having nervous breakdowns and all craziness. And my family protected me from all of that. I never experienced that. I've never been to any crazy parties or, you know, I I had my grandmother touring with me when I was, when I love your smile (laughs) during like, touring my grandmother was on the road with me so I always have kept my family around me and it just they always protected me from any like negativity wow yeah I think you you showed us your grandma was in your video I love your smile was she yeah she was in the video where I went to there's like a like a bunch of people and I went to snap a picture my grandmother is the she's in that whole scene she's like right in (laughs) It, going back to when you, you were 11 and you signed with A&M, now, Janet was on that label, wasn't she? Was she, was she on the label? Did you yeah. know that that was the Janet's label and everything when you got signed yeah, there? I did, and I was excited. I mean, I'm a huge Janet fan, too. So, And then I got to, because we were label mates, um, I got to know her as a person. And I sat at her house, and, you know, we used to stay in touch, and, and we're really good friends, so... It was, it was cool to, to be on the same label with Janet. What was it like the first time you did meet her? Because at 11 years old, you, you, you know, big Michael Jackson fan, all of a sudden you're seeing his little sister. I remember the first day I met Janet, but I just remember being very excited to meet Janet. And, and then I, Mike, I met Michael and I've worked wow. with Michael, you know. Um, so, yeah, I was super excited. And, and then she ended up being a really cool person. Like I said, I got to know her as a person. Yeah. It was actually really cool. Yeah. So then what happened with the, that your debut album on AM that you know you had to move to Motown, that it didn't um what what, what was your thoughts reflecting back now? Um I honestly like my first album was like one of my favorite albums that I've recorded. So I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't release more singles they you know from the album because it, I thought it was a really good album. Um, and I wish they would have, you know, just, you know, pushed it a little harder and put out more singles. But uh, John McClain discovered me. Um, he signed me. So when he left a Records, you know, oh. I, I left a Records and I ended up signing with Gerald Busby at Motown Records. Um, oh, OK. So before you go to Motown, how uh, John McClain... Um, part of Michael's manager probably managing his estate right now and 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 discovered Janet um, yeah but 
when he, he sort of left, was it that easy just to say, okay, well, I'm leaving as well, or because I thought you tied down. Well, um, a guy named Bill Dern was um, co-managing me along with my mom and my aunt, and I knew that there was another opportunity for me uh, in Motown because Gerald Busby heard about me and he was interested in signing me. And my manager at the time thought it would be cool for me to be with Gerald um, because he has children and he's he knew how to work with like young people, like yeah. young. So we just thought that that would be a great place. But I love McLean. Like okay. when I um, it was a I can't I can't say anything bad about it other than I wish more singles they would have released more singles. Yeah, but AM was great. Yeah, I mean. I mean, for those people who might not know, but Gerald Busby um, was very big at, at MCA, discovered New Edition, um, Boys to Men. I mean, you know, he was, you know, he was Johnny. Yeah, our, 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 he was our sort of a '90s version of Barry Gordy. I mean, he was, he yeah. was, yeah, he, he and uh, Sal um, Junior when, when they, when they, uh, were, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, when we heard Gerald Busby, we know that wow, he was such a power broker. Lil, Lil Silas and Joe Busby, they were together at MCA, but then Gerald ended up being the president at Motown. He left MCA and went to Motown, and then that's when I, I, part, I got to uh, Motown, is when yeah. Gerald... So then what was the difference when you got to Motown when it came to writing uh, and producing the, your first album with them? What, what would you think was different? I mean, I know you're a little bit older, and you probably learned some lessons at A&M. Yeah, um... I was, it was fun because I got on that album, I got to do more writing, songwriting. Um, so uh, Gerald Busby connected me to Nardo Michael Walden. He did and, a lot of stuff with Whitney Houston. <laughs> yes, Nardo Michael Walden worked with everybody from Mariah Carey to Whitney to um, Aretha Franklin. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I was in a studio with Narda. And he was sitting at his piano, just, you know, playing music. And I just started singing melodies off the top of my head. And then I gave him a bunch of song titles and stuff. And it just, the songs just, he brought in his team of people to work with us. And it literally, like, I, we recorded that album so quickly. Like, it was, I love working with Narda because he's a great vocal producer. Mm. How to produce vocals. And, um... He took me out of my comfort zone, which I loved. Wow. Certain songs that we recorded in really high. And I said, Narda, I said, I'm not singing in that key. I said, that's too high. He said, you can do it. I know you can do it. So I love that about him because he would push me really hard wow. vocally. It was really cool. The, the thing you've touched on quite a bit was about the writing part. And, you, you know, and I don't know if this is stuff that your mom and aunt recognize about the, the, the importance of publishing and writing, but did you recognize how important it was to write or, or what was it for right. you? Well, my, my mom and aunt knew, you know, that how great publishing is and everything, but I had a love for songwriting. Remember I when I was eight years old and I used to sit in the closet and pretend like I was in the studio. So I've always been in love with songwriting like before I even had my record deal so and so so you so you you knew the how important it was to actually write and sing your own songs um as opposed to singing other people's songs yeah I knew well first of all it was something that I enjoyed doing because okay. I love 
but I also I was also told that it's it's good to I think it's good to write your own music because it's when you're singing it, yeah. it's more believable when it's coming from you, you know. And um, and then publishing, honestly, pub, uh, write, songwriters make way more money than artists. <laughs> yeah, that, well, well, definitely. Yeah. Way more money. Like for instance, um, Chris Brown, he did a song called Undecided, and he used the melody to "I Love Your Smile" in his in the hook. Well, I got publishing on that because I wrote on the original one. So yeah. it's like once you you start writing, it's like that publishing money just you'll have that forever. Yeah. And I. So I, I would say to all the artists out there that can write and that that that's interested in writing, that's the way to go. Yeah, that's the way to go. Well, I mean, which and I think we can hark back to the beginning that your mom and aunt were knew about the industry and and was protecting you because unfortunately most of the artists that we've talked to subsequently didn't realize well they were writing but somebody took their publishing when they signed their contract and. And 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 those were sort of the, the lots of sad stories that we've been listening to is that yeah we signed off we didn't realize that we gave away everything because no one told us they just said this is a standard contract um, yeah yep that happens a lot that's why you gotta you know know what you're signing you gotta have the right you know people around you because people will like it's a dark industry and if you don't yeah. know what you're and and you can really um, it can really mess you up. Yeah. And you sign your whole life away if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Yeah, no, it, it, as I said, it, it's it's not been as much as I've probably spoken to 40 different artists from the night. It's, it was fun at first, but when I kept hearing the stories, I, it'd been heartbreaking to hear the but same. The labels, they don't like when the family members are working with the artists. Yeah. Because um, they can't take advantage <laughs> of you. Yeah. Um, so that was the downfall. Like, the great thing is that I was protected. The, the only bad thing about it is that labels don't want you working with your family. So it was kind of like, you know, an issue. And it's been yeah, I mean, we, we, we've heard subsequently that the more you know, the less they want to work with you because it's as if, well, you know, we can't take long-term ad advantage. But I think, um, I mean, that's, that's definitely um, something that hopefully artists today um, can learn from. Um, but when you were working on your first, your, your first album with Motown, is there different pressure? I mean, you're on, you're on Motown, you've had the legacy of, of you know, the Temptations, the Beatles, the Supremes, you've had the Barge. Um, um, Motown was going through changes, you know, since the debarge, there was probably not many people. I mean, when Gerald came in, he got boys to men and, and, and yourself, but what was it like for you coming onto Motown? They still had the CB1 and everyone around. It was exciting for me because Gerald Busby was the president and Gerald was so behind me and he was so excited to have me on his label. So I really like with Gerald, I felt the love yeah. from Gerald. So um, I didn't feel like any kind of pressure or like, you know, it just felt great. It was just all good. And like I said, I just, I wasn't thinking about what everybody else was, you know, what everybody else was doing and musically, I just was just focused on what I had to do. And Gerald made it like 
a great experience. And I knew that he was behind it. Once yeah. you have the the head of the label behind you, yeah, it's actually a really good thing. So I had Gerald's blessings and I had him behind me. And he really, when I tell you, I love your smile, when he put that record out, I did not want, now, I did not want I Love Your Smile to be the first single. Wow. Oh, no, no. I told (laughs) Silent Prayer, it should be the first single because we were in the middle of a war, the Persian Gulf War. Oh, yeah, yeah, Desert Storm, yeah, yeah. Prayer, I said, this is is the perfect time. Johnny Gill's on the song. This is the perfect first single. And Gerald Busby told me, no, I'm not changing it. It's I Love Your Smile. And I remember crying. Wow. And, it's, and I'm like, no, Gerald, it's the wrong song. <laughs> and he didn't listen, of course. And he put that record out, pushed it. And it was like number one in so many countries. So I got to travel the world. I was nominated for a Grammy. Um, and I was so wrong. I was so wrong about that song. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when I interviewed Marvin Riley from Ready for the World, he says when Gerald left left MCA to go to Motown, it it it, it was the, it affected their their career because that's how Gerald, when he works on an album, he pushes it to, and he they felt the effect of when he left MCA. But yeah. but then you think about it, um, and it must have been something he did when you wrote, and uh, um, I love your smile. Did you know? how infectious and, 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 how, and how powerful it was? Or did you just think, okay, this one of many, Silent Prayer is a, a better I song? I, I really didn't know. I knew I, when we were writing it, I knew we wanted something catchy that people could sing along. But I didn't know that, like I said, I didn't even think that was going to be the first single. I thought it was just going to be on the album. You know, I was not thinking like, this is the big one. This is the first single. So no, I did not know when we were writing <laughs> yeah as I mentioned I mean you know you traveled that song traveled over to Nigeria and I was in, still in high school and you know we, we, we didn't we didn't get American DJs and stuff so for it to come on our radio you know this evening I was having dinner with with the family my kids and my wife and I said oh do you know this song and I played the song my my nine-year-old daughter said oh yeah I know that song my 11-year-old son this is this evening said they know it the most oh. surprising was my wife, who doesn't listen to music at all, said, oh, yeah, I remember that song growing up in Nigeria. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and that's that tells me when a song is that powerful, that generations are hearing it and still remember and say, yeah, we know, know that song. I mean, that's that's a powerful thing to be able to write and perform a song that 30 years later, new people are discovering it. Um, you know, do, do you... And it's not just our, you know, our generation who were there when it came out, but it's, as I said, a younger generation. Just, how does that feel having that type of an impact on a song? It's, it's like, it's, it's just mind-blowing, you know. Um, I, like I said, I didn't expect it. <laughs> I didn't expect it. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because even though it's been around for a long time, I could be in my car and the song come on the radio and I still get that feeling that I got wow. the first time radio it's like I never take it for granted like I'm I still get excited I still get excited when I hear it and I'm I'm in and the fact that Chris Brown brought it like he introduced it to a whole nother generation yeah I'm just like blown away <laughs> <laughs> now the single is you know you know number one number one across the world then you know was this your first time then touring because I don't know if you did any touring when you were on AM and 
When I was on a and I toured. So okay. I did 14 when my first album came out. <laughs> for and the uh, you know, I did a lot of shows and the lift the first album and so but the um, and I went overseas. Yeah, when I was on uh Anna Records, they would send me overseas like to Europe and Japan and wow. different now the sad thing is I didn't get a lot of I didn't get a chance to do a lot of touring in Africa. And I used to always say, well, how come I'm going to all these countries and I haven't been to Africa? I finally got to visit um, Johannesburg. Okay, South Africa, okay. It was years ago and it was at a festival. But that was my first time, like maybe wow. about maybe about 10 years ago, you know? Wow. So it took this long for me to, for the labels to send me to Africa. Um, and when I went there, I was blown away because everybody knew my music. And I'm like, yeah. they know it in Africa. Yeah. I was yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's 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 a global appreciation for for good music, and 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 as I said, there's a, a massive appreciation. I know, as I said, I went to college in the U.S. and lived there for ten years, and I know that it's quite easy to, okay, we've heard this, let's hear something new, and stuff. But when you come out, we we don't get R&B as much, and so we appreciate the old stuff or new stuff, and we just appreciate artists. So that's probably. Why, as I said, my wife, I'm still surprised she remembers, she knows the song. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but then when the song is so big, um, how does it feel for you knowing that everyone knows you, you, you know, you know, biggest artist in the country at the time? What is it like personally? Um, it's exciting. Um I don't know. It's just, it's just a great feeling. I can't even, it's a feeling that I can't even describe, but it's a, I'm very like, just thankful. And um, that's why I get on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook. And I'm just constantly telling everybody how much I appreciate everyone because um, everyone has been so supportive. I've, I've been in the business over 30 years yeah. and everybody has been very supportive of me. So it's just a great feeling. I can't even describe it. It's I feel great. <laughs> so after the big album, which is which was was great, then when it comes to going back, um, um, twenty one ways. As what was uh, twenty one? What was it then? How hard well, is it? The thing is, this is the thing. Um, I still think Silent Prayer should have been the second single. So they put out. They went from "I Love Your Smile" to they went from smiling to crying. So my second thought, I'm crying. I didn't think it was consistent with mm. the first. So Silent Prayer, I still, I think they went wrong on the second single. I love I'm crying, but I think it should have, it should have, they should have released that later. It should have been Silent Prayer with Johnny Gill. That should have been second. Um, then when I did 21 Ways to Grow, the thing is, they said that I Love Your Smile was too pop and that, that I need to do something more urban because I, yeah, because I, because of my black fans, they said, you know, you, you're a black artist, you need to do stuff that's more urban. So they purposely, um, when we did the 21 album, had me doing more urban songs. And I know the 21 album didn't do what I Love Your Smile did. So I feel like if it's, if it, first of all, I Love Your Smile was number one on the urban chart. It was number one in America on on the R&B chart. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, I don't understand. Like, I had black fans and white fans from 
I love your smile, but that's where they went wrong. Now that's. Oh, yeah, I mean, sometimes we, you know, as fans, we, we assume it's the artist that says, you know, um, that this is the direction we want to go. They said, no, it's your, you, you know, you, you, you're, by you being a, a um, Black artist, you can't do a bunch of pop music. And I remember when Whitney did a, a pop song and everyone was like, remember, it was at the Soul Train Awards or something. And I think she got booed or something at the yeah. Soul Train. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. So, yeah. but it's not like that now. Like, um, I think everybody's kind of like, you have, um, um, I don't think labels are looking at it like they did back then. Like, you, you can do pop music and be, yeah, I think, cool. I hate that it's, that, that there's a label. Like, I feel like music is music. Like, I hate that it's like pop, R&B, this, that. Like, it's, I think you should just focus on doing great music and, and not, have such a label on everything. I mean, 91, 92, we had Mariah Carey singing, you know, I won't call it pop, but she was singing more crossover music. Whitney yeah. was singing more crossover music. Boys to Men, the second album was very crossover. They're like uh, the biggest in the world. <laughs> and, the and, biggest. and those became the biggest artists. And I remember, and I don't know if you remember the group Rift, um, they sang... Um, my heart is failing, and and they were in, uh, in lean on me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. So they they their first album they 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 it was very sort of popish, uh, and they were touring with Vanilla Ice. But then Nitty Green said, you know, we, we saw Jodeci and we thought, oh no, we want to go urban. And unfortunately, album sales dropped because the R&B fans were saying, well, you know, we're not like Jodeci, and they lost their pop fans, and 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 you know, they, and. It, they yeah, that's what it up with that. Yeah. And so, I mean, so from yourself, did you, when the label was saying, okay, we want you to do a lot bit more R&B, who, were they looking at Mary J. Blige and thinking, yeah, we want you to be like that? Or who were they looking at thinking that we, this is why we want you to do that? Yeah, they didn't tell me like, we want you like Mary or uh, they didn't give me a, a name of an artist. They just said that we're losing our black fans. And I'm like, how are we losing our black fans? Number one, R&B. I was just so confused, but when it's the head of the label, yeah. when they're behind it, you know, it's like, I got to do what I'm, you know, old in a sense. And so the, the, um, so when, when, when they're talking about doing more urban, uh, who are they, are they enlist, enlisting to do production for you compared to, was Michael still, was he still allowed to work with you? I work on that album. But I did, there was a song I did with Daryl Simmons. It was called Don't oh. Break My Now that right there, I love to this day. I get in my car and I still listen to that song. And then I had, what, Turn Down the Lights was on there, right? Turn Down the Lights, I think, was on my 21 Way. So there were some songs on there that um, I think the first single was probably the wrong single. Mm. Um, but uh, I had Turn Down the, uh, Turn Down the Lights. Um, I had a song called uh, Don't Break My Heart by Daryl Simmons. Um, so I had some good ones on there yeah. that worked for, you know, my, you know, from, it wasn't too far from I Love Your Smile and that Inner Child album, but they didn't really push it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Daryl Simmons, um, from people who might not know, he's, he's, you know, works alongside Babyface. Babyface says he's his best friend. So it's a very uh, similar style. I <laughs> 
so many. I mean, they did. I think "End of the Road" by Boyz II Men. A lot of the big babyface songs, Daryl yeah. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Daryl is 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 babyface is giving credit what, a lot. Yeah. So when it doesn't, when the album doesn't do as well, how what happens to Sinise when? Okay, oh goodness, I'm, I'm, I've gone from being the, one of the biggest stars in the country to now my album is not really making it on the in, on the radio and the charts. What what uh, happened? Um. Well, you know, I did Broadway. Um, I was Eponine in the, I was the first African-American to play Eponine in Les Miserables, which was a huge thing for me. Um, so I went to, I did theater and. Um, but were you still at Motown or did you, or did you part company? I was actually in the process of leaving Motown at that time. Um, because Gerald left Motown. That's what it was. Gerald left. Motown, like I said, he was the head yeah, of the yeah. and the head of the company that signed me. Is, he's leaving. Oh, Andre Harrell comes in. And then Andre Harrell came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I, I left Motown. Um, I ended up doing Broadway, and then I remember Babyface called me in to sing on um, the Usher's. Boom. Okay. Record called Bedtime, and I, I did some backgrounds on it. And I sang on the bridge. And I think that's when it clicked for Babyface. Um, why don't you sign to LaFace? But I must say this, and a lot of people don't know this. I, I literally signed to Clive, um, to Arista first. Oh. I, was, I was on Arista. And then Clive felt like he had too many female artists. And he asked me, would I mind being signed to LaFace? And I was like, yes, I, I love LA Babyface. So he ended up putting me on. Uh, oh. uh, and then Babyface, I think I, I did the thing with uh, um, Usher. I think that's when he was like, he, he talked to LA. And, and um, I ended up signing to uh, LaFace. Yeah. But if we go to to, to, to Broadway, like look, look, the Miz is massive here in Europe and, and stuff. and But... How did that opportunity come to go on, 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 on to do theater? Uh, well, first of all, I started in theater when I was a little girl, when I first moved to California. Kim Fields, you know, oh, Kim Fields. Kim Tootie, yeah. <laughs> Her mom, Chip Fields, um, had, she used to do like stage plays and, and musicals. And um, she taught me how to act. I, I went to this school on the weekends. My mom would drop me off on the weekends and I would take acting class, singing class, dance class, like, all these different classes. And Kim's mom was the head of the acting uh, department. Wow. So um, she did a play and I got to perform in, in, on stage when I was eight years old with Kim Fields, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Wow. Lisa uh, Randall was in there. Um, my friend Sean Earl, he's, he, he, he's, he did Broadway as well. Um, he was in a ring on Broadway. But uh, so I started out theater. Now, uh, when I did, uh, Richard J. Alexander um, told me that in the, in the middle of the night or something, my video came on, I Love Your Smile. And he, Richard J. Alexander was the producer for uh, Les Mis on Broadway. Wow. And that I want, I want Chinese to play Eponine. So he reached out to my management, reached out to us. And at the time, when he first reached out, I was touring. I, I didn't have the time to move to New York and to do the show. 
So I'm like, okay, I'll do it, but this isn't the right time. And then I reached out to him again and I said, okay, I'm ready now because, you know, things are kind of slowing down. It was so hard when I'm traveling the world, trying to promote my record and this and that. Yeah. So then I finally uh, did it and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah. It I was mean, like, it was a different kind of singing because it was almost somewhat like an opera. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I had to really work on uh, how I pronounce my words. I had to sing totally different than like my R and B pop music. It was totally, different. but it was it was it was challenging, but it was it was worth it, and it was a lot of fun. What does theater do to you as an as, as an artist? I spoke to Tony Terry, and he talked about how theater. I mean, when even when he talks, he, he he's almost acting as he's talking. But what did it do for you as an artist? You know what? As an artist, when you do theater, first of all, you have one chance to get it right. Mm. So. If anything goes wrong, you have to, you know, be quick and you have to keep it moving. And I remember there was a time when I did Les Mis, there's this, this like big gate that they have out on the stage. And a lot of my blocking and everything was around the gate, it was supposed to be around the, this particular gate. But right before I went on to sing, the gate broke and they couldn't get the gate out on the stage. Wow. Run out there and just, just like improvise, you know? So that's the one thing that theater has taught me, you know, how to like keep it moving when you're singing live on stage and, and not panic. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, does, and I don't know, is it, did you, did you feel that at, at the time it was a step down being a very successful recording artist and now doing how to do theater um because okay the label wasn't supportive with the with the second album or how, how theater is huge like there's a lot of people who work their whole lives to be on to be on broadway like just yeah. to say you've done broadway that's like ah yeah 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 <laughs> i had to see my name in lights and you know my my picture in the front of the building with my name in lights and no, it was, it was actually, I didn't feel like it was a step down. I felt like it was like an honor and to be the first mm. African to play Eponine on Broadway in Les Mis was just, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot might not be said about how that is, how groundbreaking that is, because right now, we, if we look in Hollywood um, with the rise of Black Lives Matter, there, any even westerns and 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 period dramas are having multicultural uh, actors so they're not even they're, they're breaking the mode now so for it right. to happen back you know in the early night in the 90s with, with yourself i mean that that was groundbreaking because as it now it wouldn't be a big deal because as i said that they'll get you know i think denzel was played Macbeth. you know people are not even thinking about it anymore but, yeah that was a big deal and now i mean you have a lot of like um, big celebrities and singers and actors like one, wanting to do Broadway. Like, it's that's uh, yeah. So I never thought it was a step down at all. Never. So you're on your face. So you think about the, uh, I mean, you know, we, we've, we've spoken about, you know, the 90s was such a, an amazing year for, for RB music because they had the debut labels like. Uh, Le Face and, and Bad Boy and um, Jamant Lewis had perspective. Um, 
we had all these small death row we had all these small and so the face were very known for you know tlc um usher um outcast tony braxton i mean um as um as yet so they they it was a really really amazing label so now you're on that and the face was coming up with soundtracks from boomerang to um, yeah. soul food and and, and um Right. But I sang on the Boomerang soundtrack before I officially signed to the face. But I got to sing the Boomerang. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. I, mean, I do remember. I, I do remember that. And and but you're on the face. Then what's the difference being on a smaller label like the face compared to you know A and M and then Motown? Now you're on a small label where you sort of it's it's it, it yeah. I, and they've all, and you know they've got really established who are really making it like TLC and Usher and, and, and the right. rest. I was excited to be on the label. Um, first, I'm big, I love, I'm big fans of baby, I'm a big baby face fan, L.A. Reid, and, and just, be, you know, watching what they did with Tony Braxton, TLC, Usher, Outkast, I'm like, wow, they, even though it was considered a smaller label, they yeah. were doing big things. So I was excited. I didn't feel like I was on a on a smaller label. And you know, and they had they had the budget and then, you know, <laughs> like um so they had the the funding, the money, they, you know. So I I was excited. I was actually really, really excited to work with them. Yeah. I mean I, I just remember Donnell Jones was there as well. Um I at the same time, I was there when Donnell was there. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, you know, he, yeah, he was, yeah. I interviewed him and he was talking about, you know, his, you know, he was fortunate being a writer that he would he would go work in Jersey um, and bring his stuff in. But who did you get to then work with when you um, had your Shanice album on on the face? Oh my gosh, I worked with so many people. Um, I got to work with Dallas Austin. Okay, yeah. I with um, Jermaine Dupree, mm. I worked with, um, of course, Babyface did a lot of the songs, and Daryl Simmons, um, Warren Campbell, Warren Campbell produced oh. when I, my first single, and that was, I loved working with Warren because he's such a great vocal producer, he can mm. sing, he can write, he can produce, he plays every instrument, he's just <laughs> So that was, it was a plus working with him. And then the record, when they put it out, we broke it in Billboard. We actually broke a record in Billboard. It entered at like 91 or something like that. And in the first week it went, I forgot the number, but it jumped from 91 to like 12 or something in the wow. first. And at the time, not now, but at the time we broke a record. That was like the biggest jump in the history of, of uh, Billboard at that wow. time so yeah so that was really cool um and once again that record did extremely well for me and then they stopped pushing it they started working they were like oh on to the next artist you know it's like I feel like they didn't continue to push it the way they pushed the first single so I mean and, and I think looking out as, as an R&B fan back then, I, I do remember that around that 91, 92, uh, 2000, that's when a lot of the labels started to go through their their marriages and stuff. I think Clive got ousted at, at Arister and then 
um, LA moved over to Arista and, and, and stuff. Did, did, you, did you think any of that affected that album for you, that sort of the, the, the industry moving around and stuff? And then... Yeah, probably so. I really can't say exactly what happened because I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, but that could, that could have played a part, definitely, for sure. Yeah, so when, when they're not pushing, the, you know, when they're trying to say, okay, let's move to the next, how, as an artist, what, what sort of influence or what could you do, you know, if they don't push out the next stuff? Uh, just try to start on the next one. Um, I was really disappointed because I really loved that album. I thought that album was great. Um, but uh, you just have to just, you know, keep it pushing. And, you know, I did, I started touring. I went on tour. I opened up for NSYNC. Uh, went on a big tour with NSYNC and got to open. Wow. Yeah, you just have to like when stuff like that happens, then you just have to, you know, stay positive and say, okay, what's the next thing? Let's keep it moving, you know, because um, I was very down in, in the beginning. I was like, oh man, this is, I really love this album. I don't know what happened, but um, so I started touring, and then um, I'm like, okay, let's start on the next album. And then I got pregnant and I got married and the label let me go while I was five months pregnant. So, yeah. So I was like, and I got a phone call saying, yeah, they're, they're just going to let you be a mom for a while. And I'm like, I don't want it. I want to have my baby, in, but I don't, I don't have to sit down. Like I can still sing. Like I still have my voice, <laughs> you know? So that was, Tough time for me. That was it was really tough. So when I'm not doing this, I'm I'm a I'm a mental health therapist working with under 19. Um, and part of why I started this was really was just to hear inspirational stories and 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 for us to listen and say, wow, just amazing how in a big stage setbacks happen, but you still were able to sort of come through. I have no idea what it's like as somebody who has been from eight singing and, and, and doing this and then to be said, told, okay, well, you're pregnant. So, you know, you're yesterday. I'm not, I don't, I'm not using the word yesterday, but we, we don't need you right now. Right. Personally, I mean, on reflection, how did you take that and what was it like? I didn't take it well at all. Like I literally, um, I cried a lot. Um, and I was really sad. My husband is an actor. So, you know, after we had our baby, he was, you know, he would get up every day, go shoot his show, go to work, do, you know, he's still living his dream. And I just felt like everything was taken, like taken away from me. I felt like, I felt really sad, like really, really, really sad. And I, I was like, I didn't want to be in the business anymore. Like I just, I, I felt like just giving up on the industry. And then I remember getting on YouTube and I had this one fan that was so encouraging. He would put up all these videos of me and just like speak like really good things about me. And, and then the videos was, was getting all these views and everything. And I said, you know what? People obviously want to still hear me sing. So um, I decided to start my own label. So, and then in 2006, I put out an album, a, a album called Every Woman Dreams, and I partnered up with another independent company. 
And I put out my first independent project in 2006. And I think on the uh, Urban AC chart, we went to like number 12 or something. I forgot uh-huh. which number went up there. We did pretty good. Uh, but when it's your own label, it's yeah. expensive. It's so expensive to keep rolling because it was coming out of my own pocket. Wow. So we um, we pushed it as far as we could. And then we just we had to stop. But um, that's what kept me going is like the fans, honestly, is the reason is the reason why I'm still singing. Because when I get on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and and I hear all the encouraging things, you know, that pushes me to, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this for them. Yeah. You know, about the industry, they want to act like that. Yeah. It's for my yeah, I mean, you know, it's um as I said, a lot of us would not understand what it's like or what's what's going on because you know, they don't make an announcement saying, well, you know, Shanice is about to have a baby, so we don't want to, we, we, we're going to drop it. You know, we don't, hey, because... The said, crazy is when I told them I was pregnant, by the time I told them I was pregnant, I was like five months at that time. So when I when I got that message, I said, I'm on, I only have four months left to go. I'll be in the studio for ne- the next four months recording. Nobody's going to see me pregnant. Yeah. So I, was, I just didn't understand. Did, did you get a I mean, do they, do you get a personal phone call from, from, from the president? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I got a phone call from an, an executive and he told me, he said, we, we think you're extremely talented, but we're just going to have to let you go. And I'm like, huh? So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and how much was that on the fact that, because if your album had, if Shanice had done, say, triple platinum or, or so, you think that they would have, you know, they would have had a second thoughts because, okay, no, this, what, what were you thinking? I don't know. I mean, I know that it went gold and I know that how much money when an album goes gold, I know how, that's a lot of money for the label. So I know they made their money back, yeah. you know? So I really don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and I know that, um, you know, you know, we, we all know that you're married to Flex and we, and, you know, I remember watching One to One, as I said, I went to college in the US and stuff and, but I didn't realize he was married to you until later on, but, but, you know, uh, he, he, he was, he was. Married- for how long? We've been married for 21 years now. Wow. My yeah, 2000. 2000. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, should, at that point though, um, how does family? Oh, uh oh, sorry. Okay, my, my phone rang. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's, fine. it's probably uh, probably face come to say sorry. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay. I would love that. <laughs> um, but in in the midst of the how 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 because it's an amazing story that you mentioned that you got inspiration from a fan who was just posting and supporting you and, and, and stuff. How, how, how about family in the midst of what, of what you're going through? Could they understand? Um, or does it, be, you know, when you're going through those type of dark, dark times, is it, do you push everyone away and no one can say anything encouraging? Well, my family was there just to, like, to support and encourage me. But, you know, my mom and my aunt, they, they've always put in my head that even like when I was on like 
on top and everything, you can't just focus on one thing. Like it's, it's good to put your mind on other things as well. Yeah. Like, you know, have other interests is, you know, and in, in, because just so that if God forbid, if you, you having your up, because this industry, you're, you have your ups and downs yeah. and, you know, your downtime, you can have, you, there's other things you can focus on. That's why I love acting. I love, you know, there's different things I can do. And I think that helps me too. Just, you know, and I have my family to hold on to. I had, you know, so that helps, that helps me through it. Yeah. My family helps me through it for sure. Yeah. The, um, what did you miss the most during, during after, you know, because I can't imagine though how hard it is. Um, it was know. hard. It was definitely hard. It was hard. I, I, I went from traveling the world, being on tour to just home. <laughs> I'm just sitting at home. I have a beautiful new baby who I'm, I was so thankful that I had my baby, but I just could not, I, I couldn't travel anymore. I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't, the touring and all that just stopped. Everything just stopped. Wow. It was really hard. And then I would, then I had to get up and my husband would go to work every day and he was still, he's still living his life. And I'm like, why can't I do the same? Like, why can't I live my life too and still have our baby? Yeah. So it was, it was hard. I mean, a lot of us also hear about um, what we're here in the UK, you know, postnatal depression and how challenging that could be. And which, um, and I don't know how a challenge as a new mom, then, then thinking about my career is taken instead of celebrating my baby and everything. Um, yeah, and I did it postpartum. I was very, very depressed. Very, I could not stop crying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm looking at her beautiful face. I'm like, I'm so happy I have my baby. But I just could not stop crying. You know, it was really sad. Yeah. But like I said, I went through that for a while. But then I snapped out of it. I said, you know what? I still have my voice. I still have people online saying they want to hear me sing. I don't need, I, I can still sing. Like I can still tour. I can still, you know, um, put out my own music. And that's the one thing that I love is the, there's like, there's a, a good thing about the industry. And then, I mean, with the, not the industry, the um, internet. And yeah. then there's a, there's a not so good thing about the internet. The good thing is that artists can actually put their own music out and you don't have to wait for an executive to tell you if you're good or not or if they want to sign you or not um and that's a really good thing the sad thing is that some people are getting music for free and not paying for it so artists aren't selling like to back in the day because people are downloading it for free and and stuff like that but i love the fact that independent artists can put out their own music and you don't have to wait on someone to tell you if you can do it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I did um, a, a poll on, on our channel um, just to find out how most of us in our generation who have, you know, bought CDs back in the nineties, how we're listening to music today. And I said, is it Spotify? Is it YouTube? Is it on the radio? Um, are they downloading it for free? Um, or they're using any other streaming service, and and more than fifty percent says that they listen to music through YouTube. Um, not you know on, you know some of the radio stations around the world is um, you know old 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 stations and stuff like that. Very few people in my generation 
listen to any of the newer artists that are out now because they sound as state we they we think that they sound the same and the messages aren't the same so we're, we're listening to a lot of throwback music or artists from the 90s who release a newer stuff but mainly through youtube which means that it's a very different way of receiving money um and which i, I know for some artists they put out music as a way of just getting everyone to remember okay they're still around but they're focusing on the touring for yourself as an independent artist what are your thoughts about well if i'm putting out music what's the what is the benefit of of putting out new music today well you know what now i think in the beginning um like as far as getting paid through YouTube and this, that, I think in the beginning, um, no one knew how to, <laughs> like what to do, yeah. but they, I, I get paid. Like there's a company that collects all my digital, like, mm. um, so when people like watch my song on, on, on YouTube and different places, I literally get paid for that. Yeah. Um, I have a company that collects all my, um, like when people down, like this, that they, they collect all my digital music. Yeah, <laughs> like, digital, yeah, yeah. Royalties. Yeah, the royalties, uh, yeah. So so I still get paid from all of that. So I appreciate all of that because I still get I still get paid for that too. Yeah, some as some as a as a songwriter, then some as as a performer. But then going forward, then do you do you still think about okay, if I'm releasing new music now, um, Am I releasing it really to, to try and get revenue from that? Or is it a way of saying, guys, I'm still around. Here's some new music. I'm going to go on tour and I want to be able to perform some, some newer stuff. What, what's the balance between releasing new music in today's market? Um, what is the balance between... Oh, the more... reasoning. Because back in the day, you're releasing an album to sell, generate revenue. It's... Today, you, you, the, the album sale or the streaming sales may not be as much. But yeah, I I do it. I do it for the love, and mm -hmm. I also do it not only for the love. Of course, if you know you want to make a living from it, but I do. I, I have to focus on the love in my fans. Like if they want to hear me sing, and I love to sing, the other stuff, the money, and all that will come. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for artists to really focus on just you know the love and music, and that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. And whatever that it's just extra it's just icing on the cake but I just try to and then stay creative on other things I have a, a lipstick line um called oh. smile by I'm actually revamping it I remember working on it I'm redoing it right now but and I'll let you know when I re-release it but yeah. I, I have my own lipstick line um so I think it's important for like as an artist to get into like branding and you know um I've always been into cosmetics and then I wanted to find a, a cosmetic that was safe for us because I didn't know that makeup had lead. Some makeup have wow. like chemicals in it. So I've been doing a lot of research on that. Um, and then television. I, um, my, I don't know if you know this, but my husband and I had our own reality show on Oprah Winfrey. Yes, on the Old Minute Network. Yes, Flex and Tunisia. It's like I do the music for the love. But I also have so many different avenues, like so many different things that I love to do as well, like acting, um, you know, the, the, my lipstick line, uh, just everything. I just try to do as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, I know that um, recently, I mean, as I mentioned, during the lockdown, we were, you know, 
we, we were tuned into Instagram and, and everything. DJ Cassidy comes with his pastor mic. And yeah. well, probably over 5 million people have watched it on my channel alone. And yeah. when you come on and you hit that high notes, it, <laughs> it, it, it blows us all away. Like, what? what? It's as if we forgot Shanice could say. I mean, it was, it, it, it was, it, you know, as I said, that, that was the uh, season three of the Pastor Mike is our, is our favorite. It's been the most watched. Um, but as I said, you come out with that high voice and it's like, whoa, it was almost so effortless for you. I mean, can you talk about getting called by Cassidy to say, can, can you come on? Did you, what was your thoughts and did you know about the show and anything? Yeah, I watched the, like the first two. So okay. I was a, and someone reached out to us. We didn't know Cassidy before. Uh, we didn't know him personally, but mm. someone reached husband and said, DJ Cassidy's trying to find Chinese and he wants to pass the mic. And I was like, absolutely. I'm a fan of the other, you know, the first two. And um, so we, we talked to Cassidy and and he told me, I love your smile was one of his favorite songs. And um, we just did it. It was fun. It was a lot of fun doing that. Wow. Did you it's really cool. Huh? No, go, no, go ahead. Sorry. And he, you know what he does? He doesn't tell you who's on it with you. So oh. when I, for the first time, once he edited, everything was put together. And I watched it for the first time. I had no idea that TLC was on there. <laughs> Boys to Men and SWV and. And Case, it was a Joe, no, Casey. Casey, Keith Sweat, yeah. Father MC, I, Teddy Riley. I, so watching it for the first time was so much fun because he he doesn't tell you yeah. who's on when you shoot it. <laughs> so that was cool. The part when you when 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 you do the little hind, did you know? I mean, so that that's that everyone says, my goodness, Shanice, where did that come from? Did you did you practice that or did you throw that in like let me just show you guys? <laughs> I've always been a big Mimi Ripperton fan. And um, I did, if you listen to my Air Child album, I remade Loving You yes, on yes. album. So I've always been a fan of Minnie Ripperton and, and that whistle note that she hits. And so that's just something I've always used. Like in the beginning, I couldn't hit the note. Like when I was younger and I started studying with Seth Riggs, my vocal coach's name is uh, Seth Riggs. I started studying, um, studying with him and then I started hitting notes that I couldn't hit before. Wow. Just from vocal exercises and and all that so that was just something that I've always enjoyed like doing <laughs> I love meeting representing <laughs> wow then the other time that I see you was on the um BET awards the cypher soul cypher yeah oh, it's almost as if you were just like okay let me show you guys what you're missing with and then you just blowing the stuff I was like wow I mean and I and you know Shante Moore is also one of my favorite because she has that kind of angel voice but you're there singing like that. i mean wow <laughs> page was like amazing like i'm a fan of you know pj and, and stokely and shante and i got the phone call maybe about two or three days before the show so i literally they said could you do the soul cypher it was like a last minute thing wow and yeah of course i'll do this, the soul trade awards yes so they said, you have to, we, they gave me this Erica Badu beat and they said that I had to write 16 bars to this Erica Badu beat. And so I just made up my, I just made up a 16, you know, my 16 bars. But then when I got there, Shantae and everybody, they were just, they were singing their own songs. Uh -huh. kind of. 
girl songs on top of this. I was like, wait a minute. I could have just sang I Love Your Smile on top of this. <laughs> but I actually wrote everything that I sang. I had I actually had a couple of days to write it. So wow. I had to write it, find something weird really fast. It was like, it was like this. It was so last minute, but I'm so glad I got to do, share the stage with it. Yeah, no, as I said, vocally, I mean, you hit us with those two performances and, and it, it was like, wow. And, and that's where the sort of nostalgia for, for us were like, man, this, we kind of miss not just the music, but the versatility, the, the difference uh, and the styles that, that our 90s artists bring. COVID has, has sort of, you know, it's still lingering around, but people have gone back on tour. You know, what about yourself then? Um, unfortunately, we're here in the UK, so we don't get to appreciate to see you guys. But have you, did you go back on the road? And Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've been doing shows uh, here and shows there, here and there. Um, when I did the show, I don't know if you saw, I did an episode with Shantae, um, Kelly Price, Deborah Cox, and Jill Scott. She has a show called... Um, what was it called? First Wives Club. Oh. And in, in the episode, Deborah Cox mentions to uh, Jill Scott, no, Jill Scott mentioned Deborah Cox that she wanted to put a girls group together. So then I come out, myself, Shantae, and uh, Kelly Price, we walk into the room and surprise uh, Deborah Cox. So when we shot that episode, we did talk about possibly making, turning that into a real tour. That's something that we, we all talked about. Um, so, but COVID is just like really mm. making it wow. to, to <laughs> But that's something I would love to do, like a, a, a girls a girls night out tour. Okay. Um, but, with but, like, huh? Yeah, you, you know, it's because um, Donnell, um, Dave Hollister and uh, Carl Thomas said, yep, we're forming a group called The Chai. Uh, and, it, and it seems as if, um, a lot of sort of the male artists are like coming together. You know, we had LSG, we had Tank, um, Tyrese and um, and Genuine who's formed. So it seems the male artists tend to think about, yeah, let's do it. And they don't even waste time to go and do it. But very few female artists have, and I can't remember if any, have come together to form a sort of a super group. Um, I, well, that's something, it was so... The, the reactions we got from the fans when we did that on the TV show was so great that I think it, it's a no-brainer. Like, I would love to do a project like that. I would love to do that. But I got to get, you know, the other girls on board. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a great idea. Yeah, but but even touring on your own, because as I said, you, you've, you've, you know, you had those amazing performances on uh, on these shows, uh, as I said, Pastor Mike and even the BET stuff, that people would be like, know what they're going to get here in your life. But is are, are you as keen to do solo tours around, or is it just you know, there's too much you, you're balancing a lot of your business, you know, your 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 cosmetic line no, and other things. No, I I have somebody working on some things for me right now because I want to go on tour. Okay different now because of covid but um there's ways to to do it you know safely yeah um, but yeah i definitely would love to go on tour for yeah. sure maybe uh, next okay yeah and i mean as i said people did it yeah as i noticed it's um it, it's 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 important to be safe because as i said when you have a family 
and and, and you know and and there's there's always a, a balance um what about new music uh, oh, oh, is there anything that we can expect from you from from that is working on new music um i'm working on new music i'm definitely going to release some new music next year for sure i don't have a date or anything but i'll keep you posted <laughs> okay posted so i mean as we wrap up i mean vocally you you amazed us as i said performing as, as could we ever see you re-record any of your best songs from your first and second album in your modern day Sinise voice for us to experience those songs in 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 how you are today that's a great idea. I've always wanted to do that. I just have to, you know, have a couple, I just have to find the right label to help me um, put it out there. Cause I don't want to just record it and just throw it out there any kind of way. I want to have a good team behind it, a, you know, good label, marketing, PR, like all of that. But that's actually a great idea. And that's something that I've thought of for sure. Yeah, because so. I mean, as I said, we, you know, we had Taylor Swift when she said, yep, she's re-recording her album. Um, That's great. Ashante said she's, you know, she's, she's just about to do it. And you know what's smart about that is that the label owns the master. So they mm. own the, label owns the original copy, right? Yeah. If you re-record it and you wrote it, yeah. you own it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you would actually own that recording, which is which is a great idea. And, and, and as I said, to some people would say, oh, the, the, the vocally, it's not the same. But then, as I said, you've proven with how you've been on uh, recently that, wow, vocally, you're almost on another stratosphere with how you sing. And so to actually to hear us sing, hear us, not to, to hear you sing those songs and the ones that, even the ones that you wanted to release that didn't get released, again um would be you know would be something that people will I, request and and want to listen to and, and and hold on to i agree i totally agree with you so i need to figure out how to make that happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my goodness well you know it's been great i mean i always um when i when i uh, i in our show i always always ask our guests that if you were stuck in an elevator and you had to they said it'll take a couple of hours but you can watch a movie while you wait, what would you request to watch? It has to be one movie. Yeah, yeah, it would be two, it would be two and a half hours. So yeah, <laughs> looking for the going with the wind um, trilogy. Or <laughs> it's gonna be between the Bodyguard when you said, or you know what my favorite movie is, um, Coming to America. Wow, oh. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that that yeah. <laughs> They replay, they re-air it all the time. And I literally laugh at all the jokes as if I've never, like, like it's the first time hearing it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and that's, I think when they did the, the the part two, it actually got most of us going back to watch part one and, and recognize that those were different times, but how, how much different and, and how fun it was. Yeah, what, what about your song? If you had a song, a favorite song all time by anyone to just pick. What, what song would it be? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I would say The Best of My Love by The Emotions. Okay. And the song is because that that song literally taught me how to harmonize. I, I could sing a lead all day long, but I couldn't harmonize good until I started listening to The Emotions and, 
and just learning how to harmonize. That's like one of my favorite, best, the best of my love, five emotions. It's one of my When you're on tour, do you, do you, do you sing that? She never did that on tour. I, I'm gonna to my show. I've never, <laughs> but I have, you know who I did. I I, I want to say this, but I didn't get to say this in the interview. But when I was 11 years old, my one of my first producers that I worked with when I signed to AM at 11 was Tina Marie. Wow! Why? Wow! Wrong with her, and I'm I'm actually gonna read. I, I asked her daughter if it was okay for me to play the song on my Instagram page. So just so people can just hear the song that Tina produced on me when I was 11 years old. Um, so when I do my shows, sometimes I'll do like a little bit of Michael Jackson. Um, I'll do Tina Marie, um, Square Biz and Whitney Houston. So I need to add the emotions to that. <laughs> what, what's your favorite Michael song? Oh my gosh, like all of them. Um, I love Remember the Time. I love um, Butterflies. Oh, yeah. And I love, of course, um, Thriller and Beat It and Billie Jean and all of the, that whole album. Um, and I love the stuff he did with the Jackson, with the, when he was in the Jackson 5, too. Like, I'll be there. And, um, oh gosh, all the, the Jackson songs, like at ABC. <laughs> but if you could pick one, if you say, because my favorite of, of song in, in the universe is The Lady in My Life on Office Thrill album. It's, you know, I wish he did more. I think Butterflies is as close to that type of love song that he's, he's done. But if you were to pick his one song and say, okay, this is it, this is my. It would be Butterflies. That's my favorite Michael song. I think Butterflies is my favorite. Yeah. I remember yeah. being in, in, in LA and Steve Harvey used to be on, um, I can't remember, I think it was KGLA. I can't remember. He used to be on the radio back in the, in the late, in 2000. And he just, yeah, and he was just playing it when he was doing his show. He would just keep playing the song. Um, oh. it's, it's, yeah, so it's beautiful. Did, did, you said you got to, to meet Michael? I worked with him. Um, I say backgrounds on his record, Keep the Faith, with Saida Garrett. Oh, on oh, his Dangerous album, wow. Uh -huh, and Will You Be There. Wow. Yeah, I got to sing backgrounds on there. And then when he passed away, John McClane reached out to me. And remember, they put an album out right after he passed. Yeah. And I added my voice to his song, um, Behind the Mask. Okay. So I sang on that. So when you did those two, um, Keep the Faith and I'll Be There, was that with Andre Crouch? Was he, is his? choir was there. But before the choir came in, I did some parts with Saida Garrett. Like, before the choir. So there's like parts with, with myself, Michael, and Saida Garrett. Wow. Yeah. Before the choir. And I didn't realize you were on, on then at the Danish album. I didn't realize. Wow. Yep. Wow. I yeah. mean, how is it? I mean, I've heard a lot of people who've worked with him, uh, you know, always speak highly of him. Um, but, you know, do you get starstruck or would you? Uh, yes. I was so starstruck. <laughs> um, he was really nice. I remember saying to him in the studio, do you want some candy? Because it was a big thing of candy in there. And he was like, no, oh, I haven't had candy in a long time. And, um, yeah. And then um, before I met him in the studio, I, I want to say this. He um, 
had a limousine pick me up and I got to sit with him and talk to him for over an hour in his trailer when he was shooting his Moonwalker video. Are you kidding me, Moonwalker? Wow. It was like a slight little like yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trailer with him. And we talked for like over an hour. He told me my song, No Half Steppin' was one of his favorite songs. He, he said at nighttime before I go to bed, I danced to No Half Steppin'. And I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? Um, he was super down to earth and very nice. Um, there was another kid that was in there with me. I ended up running into him a couple of years ago. He's an adult now, of course. And he said, I'm, I met you with Michael when you were younger. And he said, Michael wanted to, he was going to prank me that day. He said, I just wanted to tell you, Michael was so excited that you were coming into the trailer and that he wanted to prank you. But wow. he just the right prank and I said man that would have been so cool to, to be pranked by Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah you know, when he said he, he actually liked your song and it's not like okay you're, you're, I like your smile and he has all of his people say okay what song has she sang I, I was on Ann Records yeah no but okay yeah, but the fact that he he's actually picked out one of your songs to say that he actually likes does does that, because, you know, I've heard other artists, you know, Troop and stuff who say, yep, Michael says they like, he saw us, he knows our songs. And it's almost mm -hmm. as if he, you know, that's, that's amazing. But what was it like to know that he actually knew you as an artist? Wow. Like, I literally wanted to pass. I feel like I was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was trying to play cool in front of them. You know, I didn't want to <laughs> go, ah, Michael. So, I, like, oh, thank you, you know, but when I got home, I was like jumping up and down, like I was so excited that Michael loved my my music, and uh, we had the same vocal coach, so we got to talk about that, and uh, Seth Riggs, he studied with Seth Riggs as well for many, many years, so we got on a conversation about, you know, doing our vocal exercises, and I asked him, where's Bubbles, where's Bubbles, and he said, <laughs> He said, shooting a commercial. He said, he's shooting a commercial today. I'm like, wow. oh. But um, he was really, so after I met him the first time, and I did not, I would hate to hear people say bad things about him because I know my experience. Yeah. Super great, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, yeah, he was, he's my all-time favorite. And I do wonder, I can see you actually singing Butterflies, especially that high, high falsetto that he does. I mean, and that's Floetry. Floetry wrote that. Yeah. 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 But, dude, I would love that. I wish I could have been on that record. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, Judy, it's it's been it's been a blessing to 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 listen and to and to and to hear from you. Um as I said, you've um you know, just just to know how you've inspired um a generation. Um, as I said, even going global you know, back in, in, in those days. And as I said, the scene then first rediscovering you on, on Pastor Mike and on and, and the Soul Cipher to say, wow, vocally, you, you know, you still have a, a, a range that is, is very rarely matched and stuff. And so I think we're, we will definitely be looking forward to seeing more of you on, you know, on the road, uh, on new music and, and stuff. Definitely in 2020. 2022 <laughs> yeah it's coming i'm definitely gonna do more touring and music and everything yeah i appreciate it. i mean what we'll do is um um yeah next week um because we we tend to 
break this up so that a whole week we just celebrate. So this week, it's uh, I, I don't know if you know Gina Thompson from um, she sang the things we do. I know that name and I know that title. The I things we do keeps me in, in love with you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so um, I interviewed her last week, and so the whole week, uh, this sure. week, is oh, it's, cool. it's her stuff. And last week was Lily for the whole five days. Just her interview went went down. So I tend to use this the whole week to um, to. And this is our season of Ladies of Soul. So um, yeah, so Chante Savage and and um, and Mo Milk and Steph and Blag. Um, are, 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 so we're just going to celebrate our female artists and stuff. And so it's just been going to be a pleasure just to be able to showcase and, and people to hear, hear your story. They, they may ask, who is the lady in the picture behind you? Because That's it, me. That's me when I was on um, uh, Motown. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that that looked like Dinah Ross, but oh, that's you. Yeah. Oh. I think that's all. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Star Search. I mean, it was it Edmund Mann? Was he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Star Search when I was 11. And I remember when I won, Ed McMahon threw the envelope up in the air. He was so excited. He was like, um, And I, after Star Search, he presented me with a, an award. I went down to Disney World in Florida, and they had like a Star Search Wall of Fame, all the winners you know, they would give them, like, put their star on the wall. And I remember him um, giving me a, uh, an award and putting my star on the wall at Disney World. And and I remember he uh, invited me to sing at his church. Wow. Uh, he passed away, yeah. He had me singing at his church. Wow. So, he must have had a, such an effect on him that he, he remembered you that. He was always really, really nice to me. Nice wow. guy yeah so <laughs> wow i mean and, and i think it's different when you think about how star search was so big then you know we have the american idol and and the voice and and, and other stuff but i think star search was very it was somewhat different it, it, american idol star search <laughs> oh, oh i missed that what did you say i said star search was the original american yeah idol. Yeah, oh. yeah 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 and i said you know to, to be able to inspire a generation you know as i said i um, you'd be able to inspire, you know, other artists and stuff, because you know, and to start off so young and to still look as if you're still, you know, look as if you're. When it comes to today, who do you? If people say, okay, Shanice, I mean, you, you're in the, you've been in the industry for over thirty years, you should know good music. Who do you listen to today that's that's out and think, okay, here's some people to to look out for and, and, and you rec might recommend. I love Bruno Mars okay. and I love that he has with Anderson Pack. um I love that um this is Silk Sonic yes yeah, um, I love uh Beyonce everything she does is amazing to me um I think uh who else is out there there's so many great singers Lettucey uh she's a good friend of mine do you, uh, you know Lettucey no oh I gotta introduce you to Lettucey she's amazing um, who else? There's, uh, I still love Deborah Cox and I love Tamia and I love, you know, Faith Evans. Um, there's so many. <laughs> SWV, my girl. 
What about the new, you know, we've, we've got the, we've got uh, um, Jasmine Sullivan, hair, Annie Lennox, we've got. Yes, I love Jasmine Sullivan. She's amazing. Um, but you said someone newer, you said newer than that? Yeah, so we, yeah, we got the Annie, Annie Lennox, um, Scissor, Jasmine Sullivan, we've got hair, we've got some of these, um, we've got, um, Great. Um, we've got Gideon, we've got a lot of sort of, our, it's a, a so um, our generation. Ayanna Taylor. Yeah. yeah okay. Ayanna Taylor. Um, there's a lot of great ones out there. So many. <laughs> but it, it, it might seem like you're very similar to the rest of us that you, you do prefer some of the um, artists that came out in your generation um, more so than some of the newer things that are. Oh, I, I listen to everything. I even listen to rap. That's why I was rapping on I Love Your Smile, because oh. I wanted to be a rapper when I was younger. <laughs> oh. So I, I'm a rap artist. I listen, when I get in my car, I turn on like the hip hop stations and I, I listen to all the latest stuff. Um, Fifth Harmony, uh, Nirmani is yeah, a Nirmani of yeah. mine. I love her. I think she's amazing. Um, yeah, I listen to all the recent stuff. Uh, who else is out there? Oh, I love the, uh, uh, what's her name? Chloe. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, with her sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Haley, yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm <laughs> all, all the latest stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned the rap in I Love Your Smile, and, and, and who else was, Bobby Brown came out with, um, with Don't Be Cruel, um, but it was very, you know, you, you know, normally we get a rapper, you know, like when Jody Watley came out with Friends, you got Eric B to come in and, and rap. But how did the label agree to her let the Sunshine Kids rap on her well, label, on her I, song? I told Nari Michael Walden that I love rapping. I said, can I rap? And, you know, I was a really big um, MC Life fan and Queen Latifah and Salt and Pepper. And, and I was like, rap, I want to rap. So... That's how that came about. And the label was okay with it, you know. Um, but I actually wanted to be a rapper. Like, I wanted to do a whole rap album. <laughs> Are you everyone serious? Looked, everyone looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> oh. I always, like, I was the biggest MC Light, MC Light and Salt Pepper fan. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah okay. Um, yeah, but... They, they, especially salt and pepper were, were sort of a little bit in a different direction from the image that you that you had <laughs> you had the good yeah. girl image and they were like yep no we're the original bad girl <laughs> oh, but you, did, you, did you ever collaborate with MC Light or salt and pepper no I never got to work with any of them I remember when I started working on my with, working with um, on my LaFace album yeah. I mentioned I had a song on there called You Can Bounce and I remember saying, I want little Kim to rap <laughs> on house. I wanted to have, and they said, no, let's wait till we get to a remix. Let's, let's reach out to her once we do a remix. Well, they never released that as a single. So, oh. I but I wanted little Kim on my record. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, she, M. Slide just recently posted about the fact that she now trade has the trademark of an of her name, but it's some of the things that we would would have been would be great if you do re-record, you know, your album and then have 
a, a remix version of it with MC Light singing, doing the rap instead of you and stuff. Oh, yeah. So hopefully be- you can think about that as an idea. Like, okay, MC Light, why don't you come and do it and rap on a remix version of I Like that- to Smile? I would love that. I would love that. Okay, well, uh, you know, if I, if I, hopefully we'll see it, and and you know, then, uh, we know where the idea came from and stuff. I'll be in the little credit notes and stuff, <laughs> inspirational <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, but most importantly, to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview loads to come but thanks a lot for watching